Booking for today on Broadway for Monday, April 29th, 2019. I am Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, in the feed over the weekend, we had two new episodes for everybody's listening pleasure. First up, on Saturday, I had a new episode of Tell Me More in which I spoke with Christina Alabato, the newest star of Mean Girls on Broadway. She took over the role of Gretchen Wieners when Ashley Park left the production. She is someone that if you go to theater in New York on a regular basis, you have probably seen in multiple things, including uh, things like American Psycho. Um, she's also done a ton of off-Broadway stuff. Um, most recently, This Ain't No Disco. She was in Lazarus, uh, the New York Theater Workshop. She did the Mad Ones musical, which is the former the show formerly known as the uh, unauthorized autobiography of Samantha Brown, uh, the Kerrigan and Louder Milk show. Really great conversation. She talked about what it's like to replace first working on a new show, especially when you're coming into a cast that is very tight knit, like the one for Mean Girls is. She also talked about why, since her career really started in earnest about 11 years ago with the Spring Awakening National Tour, she has been pretty much able to work nonstop. She talks about never letting her foot up off of the gas pedal of her career. So it's a really great conversation. So uh, check that out uh, in the uh, in the feed. And then also, James, uh, on Sunday, you guys had an episode of This Week on Broadway where the reviews for Beetlejuice, much better than uh, maybe some of the print colleagues uh, would have led us to believe. Yeah, I we had a, a discussion about Beetlejuice, and Michael and I enjoyed it immensely. Peter had a, a few quabbles with it, but he still said it was uh, it was good. Uh, we also talked about Tootsie, and uh, then we talked about uh, All My Sons, Gary, a sequel to Titus Andronicus, and Inc. So it was a full thing. Also, Michael and Peter saw the Master Voices production of Lady in the Dark, uh, at City Center, so uh, that's all in the episode um, just uh, yesterday. Awesome. Well, one thing that um, uh, I do want to remind everybody is the fact that, uh, James, our episode tomorrow, as it is every year, is going to be uh, quite a bit later than normal because we are going to wait and hold until the Tony nominations come out. Um, so be looking for that. We'll probably chat a little bit after nine because they usually take a bit when after they start at eight thirty, and um, so we usually get that out around nine forty five ish. James, after we talk, does that sound about right? Yeah, nine forty five ten. So that Tuesday morning, uh, nine forty five ten a.m. Eastern time is when you Correct. probably will see uh, today on Broadway. Just so, uh, just to let you know, uh, it, we will screw up Oliver Roth's uh, morning commute. <laughs> <laughs> and and Robbie Rizal's shower plans. Yes, exactly, and uh, more information than we probably should share. So, <laughs> also uh, on Monday afternoon, because we're going to be coming out late on Tuesday, Monday afternoon, Janet Tessa Fox talked to uh, uh, Xanthi Elbrick. Um, oh, cool. And uh, so that is queued up and ready to go at 3 p.m. on Monday, Eastern Standard Time, Daylight Time, Standard, 3 p.m. in know. New York, whatever it is. There you go. <laughs> so <laughs> whatever it is, Monday afternoon at 3 p.m., Jenna Tessa Fox's Spotlight uh, interview with Xanthi Elbrook. Um, so uh, she was just in Charlie's Waiting Off-Broadway and talks about uh, she's also a uh, Tony winner, Tony nominee, Tony... I forget off the top of my head, but we'll say Tony Winner because she deserves it. 
<laughs> Whatever you want, boss. <laughs> All right. Speaking of Tonys, first up in the news, the Tony administration committee makes its final rulings for this year. Yes, James, not their final rulings ever. Um, yeah. In terms, of, in terms of the competitive Tony Awards, there really wasn't a ton of newsworthy eligibility rulings. Basically, everyone not named Glenda Jackson will be considered featured in <laughs> King Lear. Damon Dono, Rebecca Naomi Jones, Reeve Carney, Eva Noblezada, Santino Fontana, Alex Brightman, and Sophia Ann Caruso will all be considered the leads in their respective performance in a musical categories. Johnny Lee Miller will also be considered a lead in the uh, actor in a play category. None of that is surprising. However, the announcements for the two special Tony Awards that were made since last week, uh, maybe not surprising, but certainly exciting. First up, the committee announced that two-time Tony and two-time Emmy Award-winning actress Judith Light will receive the 2019 Isabel Stevenson Tony Award, which is, quote, presented annually to a member of the theater community who has made a substantial contribution of volunteered time and effort on behalf of one or more humanitarian, social, social service or charitable organizations. As probably many of you know, Light has long been an activist in the fight to end AIDS and HIV, as well as a vocal supporter for LGBTQ plus and other human rights. James, not only is she certainly one of our best on-stage performers, but also one of the best humans in the theater community as well. So let me clean this up. I've made a mistake already. Xanthia Elbrick <laughs> was a <laughs> Tony Award nominee for Corum Boy in 2007, but she was a Theater World Award winner in 2007 as well. So uh, just uh, keep my streak of making at least one mistake every show. Okay. You could have just edited that out and nobody would have known the difference, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's too much work to edit. It's just too much okay. work. Yeah. Fair enough. All right. Uh, the other announcement that the uh, Tony Administration Committee made uh, is the fact that this year's regional Tony, a regional theater Tony, will go to TheaterWorks Silicon Valley. The company is often one of the first regional theaters, especially over on the West Coast, to do some of the biggest plays and musicals coming from Broadway. They have over 100,000 patrons annually. And in addition to receiving the Tony honor and the Tony statue spinny thingy as well, they will receive a $25,000 grant. Now, Got all those out of the way, James. All of the, um, well, I, I won't use a crass term, but all of the uh, appetizers, let's say, are out of the way. Now we can get to the competitive award nominations, which will happen tomorrow morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. We'll see some of them on the CBS morning show or whatever they call that thing. Uh, the rest will be live streamed somewhere. Probably there will be issues, but remember, it starts at 8.30 <laughs> If the internet doesn't work, don't worry. It'll be fine. They will send out a press release. They're not going to keep them secret for the next month and a half. Um, you will get them. And as we said at the top of the show, we will be talking about them uh, as soon as it's over and as soon as we can gather our thoughts to discuss. Excellent. So uh, keeping with our awards theme right now, the Cheetah Rivera Awards announced the nominations. Yes, James Moore Award news to talk about. All the time here uh, this time of year, the Cheetah Rivera Awards, formerly known as the Fred Astaire Awards, annually honor the best dance and choreography on stage and screen. This year, they will be awarded on May 19th at the NYU Skirball Center. Let's take a look at the nominees. Outstanding choreography in a Broadway show. Warren Carlyle for Kiss Me Kate. Dennis Jones for Tootsie. David Newman for Town, Casey Nicoloff for The Prom. Sergio Trujillo for Ain't Too Proud. Outstanding male dancer in a Broadway show. Corbin Blue. <laughs> well, these, are, these are all separate nominations, mind you. Corbin Blue, Rick Fog uh, Fogno, James T. Lane, all for Kiss Me Kate. 
Jeremy Pope and Ephraim Sykes, both for Ain't Too Proud. Outstanding female dancer in a Broadway show, Ashley Bear, uh, Blair Fitzgerald for The Share Show, Gabrielle Hamilton for Oklahoma, Amber Gray for Hadestown, Leslie Kritzer for Beetlejuice, uh, and Angie Schwarer for The Prom. Outstanding ensemble in a Broadway show, Ain't Too Proud, Hadestown, King Kong, which I actually love. I think the the ensemble and the dancing in King Kong was uh, really under uh, undervalued. I thought it was great. Kiss Me Kate, The Share Show, and The Prom. Um, they, we also have all of the uh, uh, off-Broadway nominees, which I'll, I'll let you check out. But uh, I want to hit some of these uh, film nominations as well. Um, the honors for um, for these are done a little bit differently. They look specifically just at the all of the dance rather than specifically choreography versus dancers. But the films that were nominated are Isn't It Romantic, Mary Poppins Returns, Shine, Swimming with Men, and The Nutcracker in the Far Realms. We will have all of the nominations, including those in uh, the documentary categories and the off-Broadway categories in the show notes at broadwayradio.com. Also want to uh, mention some of the special awards that they are giving and giving out. Graciela Danielle will receive the third annual Lifetime Achievement Award. Flotty Suarez, Jeffrey Seller, and Cher will be honored with the Ambassador for the Arts Award, honoring their contribution to the convergence of theater, film, and television based on their collective work with the Cher Show. And George C. Wolf will be presented with the SDC Director Award for exemplary collaboration with choreographers on Broadway. Uh, do you have anything, uh, about the King Kong stopping working? Um, I I, I didn't include it, but yeah, it it seems like the Saturday matinee of King Kong had some automation issues. So they, uh, they canceled the matinee, uh, gave everybody a a refund or a swap or something. But I'm honestly, James, kind of surprised that that hasn't happened more often. Maybe we Uh, just haven't heard about it. Well, I would imagine we'd heard about it if if a show if a show was canceled. Um, I would imagine we would have heard about it. But yeah, over the weekend was the first one that I remember since previews. Hmm. Yeah, I think so too. Which which exactly your thought was exactly my thought as well. Is that uh, you know there's a lot of moving parts in King Kong. It's shocking that it hasn't happened yet. But uh, hopefully. Um, uh, I'm interested to see. Uh, we talked about on this week on Broadway a, a little bit about what we sort of think like some of the musical numbers will be on the Tony Awards. Uh, if we have um, any, do you think King Kong's going to do anything on the Tony Awards? I mean, regardless or not of I the nomination. Know. Yeah, because basically anybody who wants to pay for the spot can. Yeah, get a. I mean, you and I, we, you and I could do a, a slot if we I mean, chose to pay. You know. <laughs> yeah, which we're not. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I I would actually think the opening number is actually pretty great in terms of of not having a ton of tech and automation and or an ape to include. Um, so maybe they do, but I I just I don't know that they would. To be honest with you. I mean, it's it's not going to get any award or any award nominations probably outside of the technical stuff. So, um, who knows? I maybe maybe not. I, I was talking with Michael Portantier about uh, Beetlejuice, and we were like, "Oh yeah, that's a great number." Oh, they can't do that number because <laughs> so many, unless they edit a, a lot of it, you know. Sure. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, the the Beetlejuice character, uh, uh, Alex Brightman's character, uh, drops a lot of f bombs that probably won't fly on on CBS. So we'll have to see. Farfig Nugent. Farfig Nugent. Exactly. Uh, what is happening in this week's theatrical schedule? 
Okay, I'm just going to run through this very quickly uh, because uh, y'all know what's going on this week pretty much. Uh, first up, though, to remind you that this week on the Today Show is Broadway week. We know um, some of the participants. There are two days we don't know the slots for yet. Um, we've got uh, Ain't Too Proud coming up today, so check your local listings for that. And then, of course, I've already to- told you all about the Tony nominations on Tuesday. Then on Thursday, Morrissey begins his week-long residency at, or residence in residence residence at the Lunt Fontan Theater. Then on Saturday, Audra McDonald and Michael Shannon return to Broadway and Terrence McNally's Frankie and Johnny in the Clear Loon at the Broadhurst Theater. Directed by Aaron Arbus, the show is scheduled to run through August 25th. Ain't no time for the weary, James. <laughs> the last, uh, last Broadway season ended on Thursday. We've already got our newest show starting this coming week uh, for the 2019-2020 season. Uh, and I gotta tell you, a few weeks ago or a week or two ago, I said that I would imagine a lot of announcements coming up because there were so many shows uh, that'll be closing during the summer. Uh, the rumor mill is going. Uh, so hopefully we have something hard to report here uh, in the next few days or weeks uh, once we get clear of the Tony nominations. All right. What do we have in other news? Okay, first up, in a very un-Scott Rudin-like move, the Broadway production of To Kill a Mockingbird announced that it has recouped it's an entire investment on Broadway in just 19 weeks. Of course, it's only unrooted like in the fact that he's announcing a recoupment, something that he doesn't normally do, even though we all know that a lot of his shows do recoup. But it is very much a rooted like move by the fact that he's using whatever he can to get press for his show, especially leading up to Tony nominations. So, well, I, uh, if I can interrupt for a second, uh, the the uh, the announcement was like Saturday morning at. Yeah, that was very rude. <laughs> it's yeah, very rude. Very rude. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he's like, I think I'm going to get DKCONM to uh, work on Friday night on Saturday morning. Yeah, it uh, went up on, uh, I think it was Friday night, it looks like. Or, or, is that right? I'm not sure. So for Friday morning or something. Yeah, but very, very, very rude and esque to just kind of throw things uh, into the wind there like that. But uh, also on Friday, it was announced that the new musical adaptation of Cameron Crowe's almost famous film will receive its world premiere this fall at San Diego's Old Globe Theater, which Crowe notes is less than a mile away from where he in real life met the man whom this film um, is based because it's semi-autobiographical. He, One of the main character is a version of Cameron Crowe. Um, so that's a really cool story in the New York Times if you want to read that. The show will begin performances on September 13th. Crowe wrote the book or adapted his screenplay. Tom Kitt is writing new music, but some of the iconic songs from the film's incredible soundtrack will be included as well. Apparently, Elton John actually asked Cameron Crowe if uh, uh, Tiny Dancer was going to be in it uh, because that's a, a pretty big mm. uh, plot point in the show. And uh, uh, Crow said, quote, the answer, of course, is yes. So uh, really looking forward to see what they do with that one. And then finally, James, I love this time of year because we get some, you know, some outlets that either don't cover Broadway or only do peripherally um, really diving in and doing some really good features. I mentioned the fact that Deadspin of all sites mm. did that really kind of interesting look about um, cleaning up after the the figurative hurricane of of true west um deadline obviously covers broadway um, more than dead spin does but they have a really cool story by greg evans looking inside uh, gary is equal to titus andronicus looking at 
the blood, um, all of the craziness that went down in the casting um, uh, and and all of these other things. So it's a really great feature and it's exclusive. He they have uh, conversations with George C. Wolf, the director, Julie White, Nathan Lane, Christine Nielsen. Um, really, really great stuff. So uh, definitely check that out, especially if you've seen the show. Uh, I think it sheds a lot of light on uh, what it is that they're doing. So, uh, uh, we, we didn't get to speak on Friday. Uh, you did the, sh- the mm-hmm. show without yeah, me. Uh, no, that's, uh, I was sorry to leave you to do it by yourself. Uh, but, um, Avengers Endgame, how was that three hours and two minutes? It did not feel like three hours and two minutes. It felt, it went by very quickly. Um, I will give it a, uh, a thumbs up, not like the highest thumbs up that I've ever given, Uh but definitely a thumbs up. A good culmination of 21 previous movies, uh, 22, including Endgame. So uh, some have compared Endgame to uh, uh, Into the Woods insofar as pulling all the stories together in one uh, fell swoop. (laughs) Is that, Um, uh, can we make Endgame into a musical? Can Stephen Sondheim uh, make that into a musical? (laughs) No, because here's here's the problem. And if you listen to the Popcorn Project podcast, you'll know my feelings on Captain America, which are shared by Aaron J. Albano. We discussed it in depth on the episode that we did together. Um, if they did a musical about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, they'd have to make Captain America one of the heroes. And he is objectively the worst character in the entire MCU. And I'm not even talking heroes, like including villains. Captain America is the worst character in the entire MCU. He's a hypocrite. He's boring. He's milk toast. Uh, and as as Aaron J. Albano called him, he is Captain White Privilege. Um, <laughs> and uh, I'm not not a Captain America fan. Although I think Chris Evans is a fantastic actor and appears to be a genuinely lovely human being. So it's not a reflection on Chris Evans. Just Captain America, man. Totes boring. Uh, tangentially to the theater world. Um... Uh, this weekend was Nerd Prom, the uh, Washington uh, Correspondence Dinner that typically features a comedian. They have changed tracks, and this year they went with Ron Chernow as yep. the main speaker there. Are, uh, the man who the, wrote the book that's the basis of uh, Lin-Manuel's inspiration to do Hamilton. So um, any, uh, have you seen any good outtakes from Ron? Um, I saw something about him commenting on the Trump era, but I, I did not pay. I don't usually pay attention to it um, when they have cele- uh, like uh, comedians, but um, I did not. I, I haven't paid much attention to it at all now. So you uh, and uh, unrelated to everything else is the big uh, the big pop music of this weekend was uh, Taylor Swift released a uh, a new song called Me. And I was thinking maybe she'd be a female Gaston. What do you think? Oh, on female Gaston. I thought you said a female guest on. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, I don't. I, pop music. Uh, talk about pop music. Talk about um, not not something pop, that I pop. have literally any insight into whatsoever. I always say that I want to do that because like uh, I love listening to pop culture happy hour, and at the end of the year. Um, uh, Steven, um, I forget his name, Steven, whatever, um, talks about all the great albums of the year. And I'm like, you know, that sounds really cool. I, I should listen to more pop music. And I never do. So maybe next year. Well, why don't you get us out of here then? 
All right. Thanks for listening to today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Stephen Thompson. That's it. Yeah. I just like Stephen. I just like Stephen. It's his Twitter (laughs) account. I knew that. I just couldn't think of his last name. (laughs) And my name is James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for kicking off your week with us. As we mentioned, we will be back late on Tuesday morning. But take a listen to Jenna Tessa Fox on Monday afternoon. Uh, And Matt and I will be back and tell you about the Tony Award nominations. Mm -hmm.